Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. My soul will make us boast in the Lord. The saints will hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. It is time for us to uh, enter into God's word and hear what God's word is speaking to us on today. And today the word of God is going to come from Genesis chapter 9. And I will begin reading at verse 25. Genesis chapter 9, verse 25. Let us pray. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts, let them be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, you're our strength and you're our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today I want to preach about the blessing of Ham. The blessing of Ham. Listen to God's word in Genesis chapter 9, verse 25. Then he cursed Canaan, the son of Ham. May Canaan be cursed. May he be the lowest of servants of his relatives. And then he cursed Canaan. I want to preach about the blessing of Ham. It was Cain Hope Felder in his book, Troubling Biblical Waters, that he talks about in the 5th century is when this actually began to originate. Uh, some of the rabbis began to falsely teach about the curse of Ham. And of course, there is no curse of Ham. And then they used that really, it was sacrilegious. They were trying to uh, make it for their own purpose, so they twisted scripture. And then it, it came back up, it was revived, that curse of Ham was revived in the 17th century, and then enhanced in the 18th and 19th century in order to justify and rationalize uh, the slavery of black people, this so-called curse of Ham. And there is no curse of Ham. Sacralization is when people will twist theology and twist scripture for their own economic, social, political purposes. And, and that's what was taking place in the 17th century trying to rationalize and justify slavery. There is no rationalization for slavery. There is no justification to enslave any group of people for any reason, let alone to try to twist scripture, to pull God into that kind of sin. And so they brought up this curse of Ham. There is no curse of Ham at the Noah had built that ark and endured that 40 days and 40 nights of that rain and that 150 days of flooding and uh, then a year of quarantine. As he comes out of the ark, he begins that, that reconstruction and restoration and he plants all of those, uh, the vineyards and, and sowing seed and harvesting and farming. And then Noah gets drunk off his own success. Uh, drinking from that vineyard, that wine. And when he gets drunk, then his youngest son, Ham, comes in, sees his nakedness, and then acts a fool, and then goes and tells his brother what he sees, the shame of his father who has passed out from being drunk in the tent, and his two brothers, Sham and Jetheth, back in with a covering and cover their father up. And when Noah is restored uh, after that, that night of drunkenness, and he wakes up, and he curses, we just read that in Genesis 9 and 25, he cursed Canaan, the son of Ham. He cursed his grandson. There is no curse of Ham. 
And because we know Ham was blessed, that's what it says in Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, that God blessed Noah and his sons. And his sons, yeah, Ham, Sham, and Japheth. So we know that Ham is blessed. And even that cursing of, of Canaan, you got to be careful with that too. I'm with Jeremiah Wright on this one. Jeremiah Wright says that when anybody, when somebody gets drunk, then somebody's going to get cursed. And that's what happened with this. Old man got drunk, woke up, cursed his, his grandson, and then folk began to twist scriptures. And even not just the 5th century and 17th, 18th, and 19th century, but even in the 21st century, you still hear people preaching and teaching, twisting the scriptures of God, and, and talking about the curse of Ham. And then some of us who are black, we perpetuate that. Uh, we, we, I hear some black people saying, well, that's why I'm not a Christian, because, you know, the Bible talks about the curse of Ham, and that just ain't right, and I know God wouldn't do that. The Bible doesn't talk about the curse of Ham. And the more you talk about it, you perpetuate this lie. And, of course, the enemy uses lies to destroy us, and we need to talk about the truth to develop us, and the truth is the blessing of Ham. And there are those who suggest uh, that Ham became black after his sin. After that sin, uh, then that's when Ham turned. But y'all, Ham didn't turn black. Ham was born black. He didn't become black because of sin. Nowhere in Scripture does anybody become black because of sin. Matter of fact, the only times I know somebody turned a different color because of sin was uh, when, when Noah married that black African woman, Zipporah, and his brother and sister, Aaron and Miriam, didn't like it. And they were going off. Why are you going to marry this black African woman? And God pulled them to the side. And God got angry because of that sin. And, and then the word of God says that Miriam turned white. So the only time I see in Scripture that somebody turned a color because of sin, it wasn't black. Uh, she turned white. The issue is this, just because you don't like black and you don't like dark doesn't mean that God doesn't like black and God doesn't like dark. We keep trying to, to make God think like us. So because I think a certain way, I'm going to make God think, well, no, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Instead of trying to get God to think like you, why don't you start thinking like God? And in the New Testament, it says that God created all, all the creation was created for God's good pleasure. Wait a minute. God created all the creation for his good pleasure? Yes. That means God created white people for his good pleasure. God created red people for his good pleasure. God created uh, yellow people for his good pleasure. God created brown people for his good pleasure. And God created black people for his good pleasure. Just because you don't like black and you don't like dark doesn't mean God doesn't. Matter of fact, in the book of Genesis, in chapter 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And then the Spirit of God moved, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And then God uh, called, he separated, it says that God separated the darkness from the light. And the darkness he called night, and the light, he called day and then God said it is good y'all God did not eliminate darkness what God did was to separate darkness from light and the darkness he called night and the light he called day 
and he said, it is good. So why is it God says darkness is good, but you're trying to say something else? No, it's the blessing of Ham. Ham was born with a hue. He was born with color. He was born black. Because that's the way God designed for him. And, and Ham is already blessed. And we know that, that Ham is blessed uh, because of his parents. It was his, his parents that caused him to be blessed. I mean, his, his, his father is Noah. His mother is Mrs. Noah. These are people of faith. These are people who were righteous. The, the Bible speaks of the righteousness and, the, and how just Noah was. And Noah had so much faith that he would preach and prophesy about something that had never happened, but it had never rained before. And he prophesied it, and it did happen. And he built something special and then allowed his family to get in that ark that he built for God. This is, Ham is blessed because of his parents put him in something that when other people were sinking, that he would be selling. When other people were being destroyed, then he would be developed. The reason why Ham made it was because of the faith of his parents. They said, I'm going to make sure that when trouble hits and trials come and calamities show up, that even though others may be destroyed, my boy is going to make it because I'm going to put him in something uh, that he will be delivered. He'll sail through when others are sinking. And that's what I want to get across to us. You're talking about being a blessing to our children. Our faith is able to make that happen. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, the same faith I saw in your mother and grandmother, I see that in you. It is their faith that blessed Timothy. And whatever else we do with our children, let's do like Noah and Mrs. Noah and put them in something that they can survive during the time of suffering. That's great. Go on and put your, your child in sporting events. Go on and put them in dance and go on and put them so that they can learn how to play a musical instrument. All that stuff is fine. Put them in recital, re recitals and all of that. But make sure you put them in a right relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Make sure you get them in the faith that they believe Jesus died on the cross and God raised him from the dead and receive him by faith. Make sure you get your children in church and in the kingdom and in the causes of God that they might be blessed because of what their parents have done in their life. So we know uh, there was no curse of, of Ham. Ham was blessed. He's blessed because of his brothers. Uh, Y'all, Ham, Sham, and Jephthah teach us about the solidarity of humanity. Noah had three sons, and those three sons in Genesis chapter 10, uh, it, it shows us that they are the progenitors of every race in the world. Genesis chapter 10 is called the Table of Nations, and in the Table of Nations, we now begin to see uh, where, where everybody comes from. Uh, so uh, we see Ham. Sham and Jephthah, everybody in the world comes from them. So all, all Europeans and, and white people are descendants of Noah's son, Jephthah. And the Hebrew people in this world and Arabs all are descendants of Sham, the son of Noah. And then all Eskimos, Native Americans and blacks, we're all descendants of Ham, the son of Noah. That's in chapter 10. We learn all of that. Then in chapter 11, something jumped off at the Tower of Babel and everybody scattered. 
And so when the descendants of Jephthah scattered, they went to Europe. When the descendants of Sham, the Hebrews, when they scattered, they went to what we call now the Middle East. And actually, it's the continent of Africa, but now we call it the Middle East. And then when uh, Ham's descendants, when they scattered, they went to Southern Arabia and Africa. And, and all of us can trace our, our lineage back to Ham, Sham, and Jephthah, who all had the same father. And because they all had the same father, then they're all brothers. It shows us the solidarity of humanity. It shows us uh, the unity of family. And y'all, since they all had the same father, they can't help but be brothers. Y'all, that's, that's what we should be using for unity. We, we're the ones that are tripping off of color and background and where somebody's from, not knowing we're all brothers and sisters in the faith. We all descendants of Noah. If we all got the same father, uh, then of course that makes us brothers and sisters. And then, you know, God is not tripping off of somebody being black or white or yellow or red. No, red, yellow, black, brown or white. We're all precious at his sight. Those are issues that we've come up with for division and divide. And then those of us who are Christians, how are you going to claim God as your father and then deny me as your brother? Everybody who believed in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God becomes our father, Jesus our big brother, the Holy Spirit our keeper. So if God is your father, then I'm your brother, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of your uh, economic status or your uh, educational status, regardless of how much money you make or don't make. And so we know Ham is blessed because of his brothers. It shows us the solidarity of humanity. And Ham is blessed. There is no curse of Ham. Ham is blessed because of his own accomplishments, his own achievements. He's blessed because of all what he brings into the world, the things that he was able to do. Matter of fact, think about this. Some of the curse of Ham. There is no curse of Ham. He's blessed. He's so blessed until of the three sons of Noah, Ham is the only one that has a nation named after him. He made such contributions and accolades and achievements in this world until he's the only son of Noah that had a country named after him. Because when you read in Scripture, there are times that you come across Egypt, and certain times Egypt is synonymous with Ham. I'm going to show you what I mean by that. Um, in, Psalm, in Psalm 105, verse 23, Psalm 105, verse 23, I want to read it to you. Then Israel arrived in Egypt. Jacob lived as a foreigner in the land of Ham. Now, when you're reading in the book of Psalms, one of the tools for interpreting Psalms are parallel phrases. When you come across parallel phrases in the Psalm, what it, what, what it means is the second phrase defines the first phrase. So if you want to know what the first phrase means, you look at the second phrase. So watch in the first phrase, Psalm 105, verse 23, in the first phrase, then Israel arrived. So how do we know what this Israel is all about? Well, the second phrase tells us Jacob lived. So 
Israel is Jacob and Jacob is Israel. Remember, Jacob had his name changed to Israel and then uh, because of that wrestling with God all night long and I'm not going to let you go till you bless me, but at his name changed, sometimes he was called Israel, sometimes he was called Jacob. So in the first phrase, Israel, the second phrase defines the first, Jacob. And also it says, then Israel arrived in Egypt. Jacob lived as a foreigner in the land of Ham. So in the first phrase, we see Egypt. Well, what's that all about? Well, the second phrase tells us it's the land of Ham. So the land of Ham is Egypt. Because out of the three sons that Noah had, only one of them was so great and so awesome and so blessed until a nation was named after him. And, and if I had time, I would walk through other verses of Scripture that, that help us to see the same thing, uh, that Ham and, and Egypt are synonymous. It's the blessing of Ham. Uh, you know, and, and, and even this issue with him walking in on the nakedness and the drunkenness and the shame of his father, not knowing what to deal with that, whatever went on with that, whatever sin that was, God is not going to take that isolated incident in Ham's life and then erase all the good Ham has ever done because you messed up that one time. God is not like that. This is the Ham that helped his father build that ark. This is the Ham that helped wash those animals after he helped them to get onto uh, the ark. This is the Ham that cleaned up that mess behind those animals on the ark. This is the Ham that helped his dad to plant those vineyards and to plow those fields and the harvest and bring reconstruction. God doesn't forget all of that because of one mistake in his life. God doesn't do you and I like that either. Now, some of us do you like that. Somebody can be a blessing and a benefit and bring benevolence for 30 years and, and be a blessing to the community, country, and world and didn't mess up one time. And we keep bringing up that one mess up like it's going to erase 30 years of what they... No, God does not. God doesn't just see when you mess up. God sees how long you held out. And God has mercy and grace and favor. God not going to let that one mistake erase all that he's been able to do with you and through you. There's a, a, a NBA analyst by the name of Grant Hill, and Grant Hill actually was a great basketball player before he became an analyst. Uh, that's the same Grant Hill that helped uh, Duke University to win that national championship. That's the same Grant Hill that was the number one drive pick in the NBA. That's the same Grant Hill that they were talking was going to be the next Michael Jordan. The way he came in, with that kind of diversity, scoring those kind of points, getting those assists, having those kind of handles, and, and with that passion for victory, so he's going to be the next Michael Jordan. But then Grant Hill had an issue with his ankle, and he just couldn't get that ankle right and just stayed injured. Matter of fact, that ankle got so bad until the doctors had to uh, take some skin, some graft the skin from his thigh and put it on the ankle to make it stronger. And he had surgery on that ankle one time, and, and an infection set in. And Grant Hill almost died. It brought him to the point of death. And Grant Hill had a cast on his leg from his foot all the way up to his, to his hip, all the way up his thigh. And during that season of brokenness and that time of brokenness, he and his wife, they lived in Detroit. And Detroit has weather like Indiana. They got blizzards and freezing rain. And it was one of, his wife said it was one of those terrible days where it's freezing rain and snow, sleet and all of that. And she's driving because Grant has his big old cask on his leg. And she pulls up at the gas station 
and she's pumping gas. He's outside. It's freezing cold. She's pumping gas. Here's Grant Hill, six foot six, 210 pounds, sitting in the car. And a man gets out of his car and sees uh, Mrs. Hill pumping gas and sees 66210 sitting in the car. And then he walked up on her and said, now, ma'am, I don't normally bother people, but I'm just going to say you could do a whole lot better than what you got in that car. Y'all, what that man was doing, he was trying to take an isolated season of brokenness and then, in general, try to shape the character of Grant's life. Because of that one season of broken, that didn't erase everything he's done. This is a man that gave his life to Jesus Christ, put his faith in the Lord. He's a child of God, one of the most generous people in terms of blessing his community. He loves his wife, loves his children, all the things that he's been able to accomplish. Y'all, that season of brokenness doesn't erase that. But some man coming up not understanding all of that and what Mrs. Hill said. That when that man said that to her, she said, he had no idea. That was the time I was the most proud of my husband. I'm just bringing that up because in your life, even though you may have made a mistake, God doesn't take that and color your whole life. And he didn't do that with Ham either. Ham has blessed his parents, his brothers, and his own accomplishments and achievement help us to see that he, there is no curse of Ham. And we know him to be blessed because uh, he's blessed because of his children. He establishes a spiritual legacy that shows up in his children. We're in a time now where young people are graduating from high school and graduating from college and getting bachelor's degrees and master's degrees and, and doctorates. And I, I love it when parents come up and, and keep me uh, updated on what's happening with their children. Pastor, my son just got his bachelor. Pastor, my daughter just got her master's. My, ch my, my child just got their PhD. And when they begin to tell me what's happening with their children at that level, here's what I say. Congratulations to you. I congratulate the mother. I congratulate the father because of what the children were able to do. Uh, because of the environment you placed them in, because of what you poured into them, because of what you put them in, in Christ and the church and the kingdom and the opportunities you made available to them. Congratulations to you. It shows how blessed the parent is by looking at the children. So if you want to see the blessing of Ham, look at his children. And, and Ham had four children in Genesis chapter 10. In verse 6, it shows us the four sons that, uh, that Ham had. He had Put and Canaan and Cush and Mizram. Those were his four sons. And watch the spiritual legacy that we learn from that. It, it, one of his sons' name was Put. And, and Put is, uh, actually, that's Libya today. The, the, the four sons that he had, three of them still exist as a nation right now. Not Canaan, because there are no Canaanites, but Put is Libya. Those are the descendants of Ham. And when you read in scripture about Put, when you, his descendants, about Libya, it speaks of um, their training. It's, it speaks of, of their skills and abilities and gifts. It speaks of the fact they're soldiers and warriors. And each time you see Put, Libya in scripture, they're always coming alongside somebody else to fight in battle to help them to get the victory. Uh, we know that 
Ham is blessed. Look at his children, not just Libya, but Canaan. Canaan is also one of the children of Ham. And we, we know how great the Canaanites were. Matter of fact, when God made a promise to Abraham, he said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to bring you into the promised land. Well, that land is Canaan. Then he made the same promise to Isaac and the same promise to Jacob. I'm bringing you to a land flowing with milk and honey. How, honey, how can that land be so prosperous? Because the people are prosperous. The Canaanites, the descendants of Ham. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, those are the patriarchs of our faith. And the promise God made to them is to be in that place where the Canaanites, the descendants of Ham, had made. So, matter of fact, the word of God says that you're going to live in houses you didn't build. You're going to uh, eat a fruit that you didn't plant. All because of how great the Canaanites were when Israel sent those spies over before Joshua would lead them into Canaan uh, through over the Jordan. They sent some spies over there. And the spies came back and said, wait, man, uh, those people over there in Canaan, they're like giants and we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. And they said, you should see the fruit and the vegetables. Y'all, they were horticultural people. They were agricultural people. These were prosperous people. You can tell how great Ham is. Look at his, his son Canaan and their descendants. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the disciples of Jesus is called Simon the Canaanite. Yeah, the, 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 the descendants of Canaan, Ham's children, so great until Jesus handpicked one of them to be his disciples. And then Rahab shows up in Matthew chapter 1 in the lineage of Jesus Christ. And Rahab is a Canaanite. A Canaanite, yes. When children of Israel went in over there to fight against the Canaanites, Rahab was there. A Canaanite, a black African sister. And she said, now listen. I'm going to help y'all out because I know y'all's God is the true living God. But when I help y'all out, she told the Hebrew people, then y'all going to have to hook a sister up. And they said, all right, you help us out. We're going to hook you up. She helped them out. They hooked her up. And Rahab, the Canaanite, the black African sister, she survived. And then that hermetic woman, that black African Canaanite woman, married a Hebrew named Salmon. And Salmon and Rahab, had a son named Boaz. I want you to follow this. Rahab is a black African sister. She had a son named Boaz, which means if his mama's black, Boaz can't help but to be black. And then Boaz had a son named Obed. Well, Obed, his dad is black. His grandmother, Rahab, is black. He can't help but be black. Obed had a son named Jesse. Jesse's father's black, his grandfather's black, his great-grandmother, uh, she's black. Jesse can't help but be black. He had a son named David, the same David that would become the king of Israel. David, yeah, his dad is black, his granddad is black, his great-granddad, his great-great-granddad, and his great-great-grandmother all black. That makes David black, and everybody that's read the Bible a few days know that Jesus is one of the descendants of King David. Rahab is it. So that lineage, when you follow it, it goes to David, and it goes to Rahab, and it goes to Canaan, and it goes to Ham. I know Ham is black because he got Jesus in his lineage. And anytime you got Jesus in your family, you can't help but be blessed. And I ain't telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. When Jesus is in your family, blessings come with that. He had another son 
This son's name is Cush. This is Genesis chapter 10, verse 6. Cush. And Cush is synonymous with Ethiopia. That's, that's Ham's son. Ethiopia. And all through the scriptures, it talks about how great Ethiopia is in terms of, of faith and, and trust with God and how God would use Ethiopia. And in Genesis chapter 10, in verse 7, it says that Cush, Ethiopia, had a son named Havilah. Now, Havilah is the first name of land in the Bible. So when you're reading scripture, the first time uh, a name is mentioned as land, land is named. The first name that is mentioned is Havilah. Havilah is Ethiopia's son, Ham's grandson. And so we see that in Genesis chapter 2, in verse 11, it starts giving a description of the Garden of Eden. And the first name land is Havilah, Ham's grandson. And the second named land is Ethiopia, Genesis chapter 2, in verse 13. So we see Havilah and Ethiopia mentioned. For these are the son and the grandson of, of Ham that give us the Garden of Eden which gives us Adam and Eve. I'm trying to show you how blessed Ham is. He gave us Ethiopia and Havilah. They gave us the Garden of Eden, which has given us Adam and Eve. And geneticists have been following DNA. They've been tracing G DNA to find out the, where humanity originated. And the geneticists in the 21st century suggest that all of humanity can trace their lineage back to a black African woman. And I'm not surprised at that. Geneticists are just now catching up with the Bible. The Bible already told us that the Garden of Eden is, is connected with Havila and Ethiopia. So we know that. But where did Havila and Ethiopia come from? Came from Ham. He is blessed as we look at the children that he has been able to produce. Let me give you another son of his. Um... Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I want to spend a little more time with Cush uh, because this Cushite, this, this Ethiopia, that's where um, in Acts chapter 8, Queen Candica of Ethiopia sent her minister of finance in Acts 8 over into Israel. And he came across Philip and the minister of finance, that black African leader, was reading Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And Philip asked him, do you know what, what you're reading about? You, you understand that? He said, man, I need somebody to explain this to me. Is this writer talking about himself or somebody else? Phil said, let me tell you who he's talking about. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the Lord. And that minister of finance accepted Jesus Christ as his personal savior, went back to Ethiopia, and Ethiopia, and he began to spread the gospel and tell people about Jesus. Ethiopia is the oldest Christian nation in the world. Ethiopia is the oldest Christian country in the world. Matter of fact, when you're in Ethiopia and you see those churches, some of the oldest churches that have ever existed, you find in Ethiopia. When other African nations were embracing the Muslim religion, Ethiopia said, no, we stand with Jesus. And they began to be, and they would build their churches by hewning, uh, hewning them out of stone, out of rock. 
and they would dig out of the stone and then have a church in Ethiopia, the oldest Christian name. So when you have black people saying, see, I'm not a Christian because, you know, black people were introduced to the Judeo-Christian tradition um, in the 17th century uh, while they twisted scripture with slavery and all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. Uh -uh. That was not the first introduction to Judeo-Christian religion to black people. You got to go on back to Genesis chapter 2, Havila, Ethiopia. You got to go to Genesis chapter 9 and 10. You got to talk about Ham and his descendants. And you all through scripture, long before the 17th century, black people had an exposure to the Judeo-Christian tradition, all because Ham is blessed. Looking at his children, let me get to the last son of Ham to show you how blessed we are. He had another son named Mizram. And Mizram um, is, is synonymous with Egypt. So that's when you look at Mizram and you read Egypt or Mizram, it's the same thing. And we know how blessed Egypt is. And let me say this too, for those who don't know, Egypt is black Africa. Egypt has always been in Africa, is still in Africa, is going to always be in Africa. And these are the descendants of Ham. And we know how blessed they are because that's where Joseph was when the whole world went through that drought and everybody had to go to Egypt to eat if anybody was going to survive. And they did, but they survived because of the Egyptians. And then Moses, that deliverer, he was raised as an Egyptian prince because that black Nubian princess pulled him out of that water and raised him as her own child. And she exposed Moses to Egyptian language and Egyptian lifestyle and Egyptian education and Egyptian uh, customs and Egypt Egyptian ways because Egypt is blessed because their father Ham is blessed. And then all those miracles that God performed over there, the 10 plagues and the wonders after wonders to set his people free. And in Egypt, Egypt is actually, the Egyptians are the mothers and fathers of civilization. I know when I was in junior high school and those world history books with the lies in it told us that the Greeks are the mothers and fathers of civilization. We know that's not the case. Cain Hope Phil to put that in his book also, Troubling Biblical Waters. He talked about 4,000 years before Rome ever existed that the Egyptians already had a civilized culture. So it's the Egyptians, the black Africans, who are the mothers and the fathers of civilization. It was the, the Egyptians that came up with mathematics. It was the Egyptians uh, that came up with the banking system. It's the Egyptians that where we get the alphabet. It's the Egyptians that it originated the clocks and calendars. It's the Egyptians that started the embalming of the dead. It's the Egyptians that brought us for the first time ink and paper. It's the Egyptians that brought us architects for the first time. Why you think those pyramids are over there and people still tripping off those pyramids? They are one of the seven wonders of the world. The Egyptians brought us that. And then running water came from the Egyptians. Maps came from the Egyptians. Domesticating animals and training horses. All of that came from the Egyptians who are descendants of Ham. I know Ham is blessed. Well, I can look at his children. And I already know what some of y'all are saying. Pastor, all that sounds good. But what has Ham done for us lately? All that stuff you're mentioning, that's, that's thousands of years ago. That's ancient times. That's antiquity. That's Bible days. What 
has Ham done for us? You talking about his children and grandchildren and his descendants. What about the black hermetic people of today? What do they bring to us? Well, I'm going to show you how blessed Ham is because look at his children today. What has he done for us lately? It was Garrett Morgan, that black man that brought us the streetlights and the gas mask. That's why our soldiers are protected and firefighters because of a black man. It was a black man, uh, Louis Latimer, that uh, that invented the fluorescent light bulb. It was a black man that came up with the cell phone, a black woman that came up with the home security system. It was a black man, Dr. Charles Drew, that came up with preserving blood and preserving plasma and blood banks. A black man did that. It was a black woman, Sarah Boone, that came up with the ironing board. A black man came up with the personal computer. A black person came up with touch-tone phone. And you know it was a black person that came up with hair relaxer and hot combs. It was a, a black person that came up with dry cleaning. It was a black woman that came up with call waiting and caller ID. Now, you know, a sister came up with caller ID. It was a black person that came up, uh, Jan Messenger, with the automatic shoemaking machine. A black man came up with the pacemaker. A black man invented air conditioning. A black man invented the potato chip and ice cream and refrigerators and helicopters and incubators and thermostat controls and stethoscopes and golf tees and lawnmowers and sterilizing food and sterilizing surgical instruments. Black people came up with heating apparatus and black people came up with clothes dryers and the list could just go on and on. What have he done for us lately? Ham is blessed because his children are blessed and we as his descendants are blessed. It's a trick of the enemy to make you embrace a lie. There's somehow something wrong with you because of what Ham did years ago. No, all that's been forgiven. God blessed him and blessed his descent. You already blessed. Even in a pandemic, even in a crisis, even in trials and trouble, even in hard times, you are already blessed. Pastor, how do you know that? Because you can trace your DNA back to Ham. And since he's blessed, that got in the DNA, got passed down from generation to generation. And now... Here you are blessed and don't even know it. So blessed until Hosea chapter 1 says, out of Egypt, I called my son. Wait a minute, Egypt? That's Ham's son? Those are descendants of Ham? Yes, Hosea chapter 11 verse 1. Out of Egypt, I called my son. And then Matthew chapter 2 verse 15, Matthew says it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Out of Egypt? I called my son. Y'all, this is a look to the past and the future. This, this is a look to history and destiny. When Hosea said, out of Egypt, I called my son. He was looking back to when the children of Israel were in bondage for 430 years in Egypt. And God sent Moses down there and delivered them and brought them out of, e out of Egypt. I called my son. And then that's looking back. That's history. But when Matthew started talking about out of Egypt, I called my son, that wasn't looking back. That was looking forward. That wasn't history. That's destiny. He was talking about Jesus Christ, that out of Egypt, I called my son. Yes, because when Jesus was about two years or younger, King Herod was trying to kill him. And when King Herod was trying to kill Jesus, that's when uh, the angel showed up and told Jesus, stepdad, man, you need to get you need to get that baby out of here. And go hide that baby over in Egypt. Go hide that baby in black Africa. And that's what he did. Stepdad took him over there. When Herod died, that's when Joseph got another visit from the angel. Stepdad 
bring that baby on back. Bring Jesus on back to Israel. It's safe now. That's why Matthew said, out of Egypt, I called my son. I'm trying to show you how blessed we are because of the blessing of Egypt, the blessing of Ham. We're descendants of Ham. And we, y'all, when, when God went to hide his son, Jesus, he, he wanted to keep him safe. He wanted to keep him secure. He wanted to make sure that Jesus wouldn't die at two so he could die at 33 on the cross for your sins and for mine. He had to hide him somewhere. And he said, I want you to hide. The angel said, go hide him in Egypt. Go hide him in black Africa. Y'all, that's how we know that those pictures, that folks talk about pictures of Jesus with pale white skin and blue eyes and long flowing blonde hair. Talking about this, is, that ain't, there ain't no picture of Jesus. That's somebody twisting truth for their own sacrilegious, their, their own sacralization, their own purposes to twist the truth. Y'all, Jesus was not pale white with blue eyes and long flowing blonde hair. And the book of Revelation said his hair was like lamb's wool and his skin <laughs> was like polished brass. So when he went to hide, they couldn't hide. They had to hide that baby over in black Africa, in Egypt. They had to hide him somewhere that he could blend in. You can't hide a pale, white, blue-eyed baby with long, flowing, curly, blonde hair over in Hallville, Indianapolis. You can't hide that kind of baby over in South, South Chicago or South Dallas. You can't hide that kind of baby over the Fifth Ward in Houston. No, they, you had to take him somewhere he could blend in. We're blessed because our father Ham was blessed. And his children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, his children's children and children's children's children are blessed until it comes and falls on us. And no matter how bad things may look, I know everything is going to be all right. We're descendants of Ham. It's going to be all right. We're going to be blessed. We got the strength of Ham, the creativity of Ham, the power of Ham, the authority of Ham. All of that is in our DNA. We're already blessed. Every time I turn around, he's blessing me. Matter of fact, the Lord is blessing me right now. He's blessing me. He's blessing me. He's blessing me. He's blessing me. He'll open up the windows, pour you out a blessing, pour you out a blessing you won't have room for. If you go on and recognize that you're already blessed. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the lie. There is no curse of Ham. There's the blessing of Ham that now has fallen on you and I. Jesus is in that lineage. You know when you have Jesus in your family, you're really blessed. 